Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. We've been talking about love today. It's a pretty big topic to cover, I would say, and would you agree to that? Yeah, a big, big topic. So I did what any good scholar would do when searching for something very profound and deep. Yes, I went to Google. (laughs) I Googled love, which led me to a lot of things about love, but then also to this topic of love songs with a list of the top 10 love songs of all time. And I started looking over the list, and my eyes were immediately drawn to a familiar song by Billy Joel. Don't go changing to try and please me. You never let me down before. Don't imagine that you're too familiar And I don't see you anymore I said I love you And that's forever And this I promise from my heart I couldn't love you any better I love you just the way you are So I listened to that song So I listened to that beautiful song, and it took me back a few years. Are you going to let me say that? No. You know it. It took me back a long, long time. Many, many years ago, that song was written in 1977, and I think there are some people close to me here that were not even born then. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) But it's a beautiful love song, isn't it? Billy Joel, he was expressing this unwavering, unwavering acceptance of his life partner, his wife, his friend, and the one he loved just the way she was. And I've been thinking about that love. Maybe that's why I went to that song and it touched me again. I think it's our deepest heart's desire to be loved like that, to be loved completely, fully, just the way we are, with all of our flaws and our imperfections and all of our mistakes and all of our misdeeds, but then also to know that we can love someone else like that, that we can accept somebody else for all of their flaws and their imperfections and love them just the way they are, a love that is forever, a love that is mutual. What a beautiful thing. It made me think, how did this love, this wonderful love of just the way his wife was, how did that turn out for Billy Joel? 
most of you already know, because I did read more about that. He did write this song for his wife, who was at that time his manager. How about that? They worked together as a team, and she was the love of his life. And the song was an instant, instant hit. He won Record of the Year and Song of the Year and the 1979 Grammy Awards. What a song this brought for Billy Joel. But something did happen to that love between... Billy Joel and his wife. That love that gave birth to this song, somehow it just kind of faded away for the two divorced. And I find this very interesting as later when they interviewed Billy Joel, he said uh, he, didn't really, he didn't really like that song anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask again, I've been asking all week and I'm going to ask you again, what about that love? What about that beautiful, heart-thumping love that professes to love no matter what, no matter how difficult a person is to love, no matter what challenges the relationship faces? Could this be, is this, the same kind of love that Jesus is talking about in his passage to us this morning? Well, I think we're going to have to really explore that. And already I know that you know that there are some profound differences in the kind of love that Jesus is speaking about. A love that is critical to, for us to understand today, especially if together as a community we seek to model and uphold this new commandment that Jesus is giving us to love one another. This new commandment that Jesus is sharing with his disciples is really casting a new vision. And you know, we're casting a new vision here too. Jesus is casting a new vision for a reality of how the disciples are to be in relationship with one another and in relationship with Jesus and in relationship with those around them. Jesus is casting out this new vision for a ministry of caring that goes beyond our limited understanding of love, or the love we listen to in Billy Joel's song. It's a caring ministry vision that is based on a new understanding of what true love is really all about. Jesus demonstrates this very love in his own relationships with the disciples. If you just think back to his encounters with the disciples, all the things that they went through over the years, you know that Jesus consistently showed them great love. And it's really not the same kind of love, of course, that Billy Joel is singing about. Because Jesus' love is enduring, which means that it never ends. It is a bond of love that keeps going forever and ever, and it is a love that is always focused on the other and not on the self. And it is a forgiving love and an accepting love. Again and again, forgiving and accepting. It's the kind of love that accommodates our human unrealistic expectations of each other. And I want to stop there 
for a minute, because I know this happens to each of us at some time. We give love to somebody, we give love, we give love, and sometimes they don't respond back the way we think they should. Exactly. We become disturbed, maybe irritated, maybe a little self-righteous. I have to think about that with myself a little bit. But, you know, we get all caught up in the fact that people are not perfect, that none of us are perfect. So if we think back now to the disciples, how often did the disciples not get what Jesus was trying to tell them? Many times. How often did they say the wrong thing and Jesus had to correct them, re-instruct them, put them on the right path? How many times were the disciples thinking about themselves, how they need to go eat because they're hungry, about their own needs rather than the community needs? It happens a lot in Scripture. But the beautiful thing here that we need to focus on is Jesus. For Jesus loved them just the same all the time. He truly loved them just the way they were. He loved them not because of their accomplishments or qualifications. He wasn't bothered by their imperfections that he personally experienced in them. He loved them all the time, just the way they were. This is the love that Jesus is talking about to his disciples this morning. It's a love, a love that connected the disciples to Jesus and Jesus to the disciples. And from the disciples then to everyone they'll meet in the days ahead. It was a caring, nourishing love that is at the core of their relationship with each other. And I want to note that I put nourishing there for an important reason. This kind of love that Jesus is talking about is nourishing, always filling, always refilling. It's not a kind of love that gets burned out, that leaves us tired and dreary and not wanting to even talk to anybody anymore. It's a love that keeps us active and growing and always full. Jesus' love is and was a love of words and actions. And he calls the disciples into this lifestyle of love that is revealed then in their own personal words and actions. I want you to note I use the word lifestyle, another important thing to remember this morning. For it's not a one-time event. It's not a seasonal happening. It's a lifestyle a permanent, repetitive pattern of reaching out to others. It is a life of caring, a life of caring that connects the disciples to Jesus and Jesus to the disciples again and again and again and again. It's a caring that always draws us back to Christ, a love that is so much greater than the individual. So Christ also calls us, you and me, into this same lifestyle of caring love that is revealed in our words and our actions, too. We here at First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights have a plan in fulfilling this calling 
to be caring ministers. A plan to love each other as Jesus loved his disciples. It is the third pillar of our visioning plan, and it is the pillar called caring ministry. So this morning, I would like to share with you the details of our caring ministry plan so that you, so that each one of us can find a place to join in this circle of caring, which is ultimately the circle of love. The caring ministry falls under the leadership of the associate pastor for pastoral care, which is currently my position. But the deacons will be the key players in initiating and overseeing this vision plan of really, really caring for our people here at First Press. Now, some of you might be thinking we do care about our people, and as I look out at your faces, and I even know those that are watching on the webcasting, I know that we care for our people. I see you make your visits. I know how you call each other and send cards and care. You are caring people. We do care for each other. I know that. But I also know, and I think you would agree, that there are many of our people who are falling through the cracks. We know that, don't we? They're sick and they're lonely and they're suffering and we don't know it. And they don't know that we care. And they don't know that God cares. They're falling through the cracks, and we've got to fill that crack. So our caring ministry is going to expand our ability to care for one another in a systematic, structured way. So I'm going to stop here for a minute and go back to that passage in John where Jesus says, I'm going to give you a new commandment that you love one another. Now you'll notice that he didn't say, Matthew, this really has to do with you because you're very good at caring. And he didn't say, but Mark, I don't think you should jump in here. Hold back till I train you a little bit more. <laughs> he didn't say that, did he? It's so important for us to see what Scripture says and what it doesn't say. No. Jesus gave this commandment to all the disciples, a new commandment for all of them. Everyone was called into this new lifestyle of caring for one another. So the good news is, the very good news, is that it's the same for you and me right here at First Press. Now some of you might feel more qualified than others, but remember, it's not about qualifications. It's not about your talents or your abilities. And I'm really sad to tell you, it's not about your excuses either. It's not about any of that. It's about following Christ. It's about following Christ who sets the benchmark for all of us over and over again about how we are to live together. So together, we are going to move forward and develop the confidence and ability to be the people who can fulfill this visioning plan of caring for one another. So now I'm going to lay out the plan for you, and I hope you get excited. Some of us will volunteer to regularly visit those who are in nursing homes, those who are homebound, 
are those who are hospitalized. And when we do, our people who are lonely, our people who are sick, our people who are suffering, they're going to know that we love them. They're going to know that they're loved by their church. But most important, they're going to know they're loved by God. The team of deacons, a wonderful team of deacons, will join efforts with the associate pastor in my position to get things started. But we need you too. We need everyone to work together to provide the kind of constant presence and support that our people need. Together we will build our pillar into an amazing image of love. A strong image of love that Christ calls forth in us. And we're going to be able to do so much more as a church team than, than I can do by myself. And I have to share this with you. One of the saddest things about my journey here so far has been my inability to know when people really needed me, when people were in the hospital, or when they were sick or sad, or when they needed to know they're important. It's hard for one pastor to keep track of 1,500 people. Do you agree? Yes, you agree. So we're going to solve this dilemma, and I'm thankful, deeply thankful for Alex's visioning on this. We're going to put into place some ways to keep track of each other. We will initiate a plan so that we'll know when our church family needs help. And our greeters, they're going to be part of the plan too. They're going to work with the associate pastor to identify people who have been absent for a while. Uh-oh, no, no. <laughs> No, it's not by reprimanding you if you're not here. It's not about that at all. Because, you know, we understand that other events prohibit you from coming to church sometimes. No, we're going to identify people who have been absent for a while so we can check in on them and we can make sure that everything's all right. We're going to call and we're going to say, hey, we miss you. We notice you haven't been at church. Is there anything we can do to help you? We want them to know that they matter. We want them to know that we notice when they're not here. And we're showing them our love. That's the most important thing. By just letting them know that we notice they're not here and we care. Because they're part of our community. And we miss them. So what this means is that we're going to learn to be more aware of each other. I know that's going to be challenging, but we can do this. We're going to note those people around us. We're going to open our hearts and accept new families into our community, expanding and growing and letting each person know that they're important to the whole of our community. And then maybe we'll notice that someone stopped coming to church because they can't drive anymore. So another part of our caring ministry is to find a way to provide transportation for those who are homebound. We don't know how that's going to happen yet, but we're going to. We're going to ensure that if somebody wants to come to church, we're going to make it happen. Now, Jesus is our model all the time for all of these changes that we're going to make in our visioning plan. And Jesus is all about feeding people, too. Have you noticed how important it is, food, in the life of a Christian, eating together, serving food to one another? 
Jesus knew that it was a way to connect people to each other and also just to recognize God's great abundance in our lives. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. So we're going to be expanding the ability to provide meals for those who need it. You know, maybe you've been in the hospital and you're just really exhausted and you might need somebody to help give you a couple meals. Maybe you've had a death in the family and you're sad and you just have no energy to even think about cooking food. We're going to be there for you and we're going to provide food for you so you know we're there to help you. Our family at First Press will not go hungry, body, mind, and soul. Finally, our caring ministry plan is going to rebuild our Stevens ministry program. We're going to have leaders who are going to go and be trained. And then they're going to come back here, and they're going to train us, and they're going to lead us in being ministers of care ourselves right here at First Press. And one by one by one by one, we're going to learn to care for each other. We're going to learn to care for those who are grieving. We're going to learn to listen and hear the pain of our friends, our neighbors, our community here at First Press. And we're going to support one another in ways that bring healing and comfort. No one will be left alone to endure the hardships of life. We together will journey forward, taking everything that life gives us, but showing that lifestyle of love that Christ calls us to do. The caring ministry pillar is a strong pillar because its foundation is a foundation of love. So recognizing each other in worship, following up with a phone call if you're absent, providing transportation when you need to get to church, delivering meals to hungry families, visiting those who are sick, hospitalized, and in nursing homes, and being a listening friend through Stephen's ministry are all the multiplicity of ways that we're going to live out this new commandment to love one another by our words and actions. Caring ministry, pillar number three. It cannot be fulfilled by the efforts of a few people. The deacons and the associate pastor, as I already said, will oversee and initiate the process. But this is a church-wide vision. This is a church-wide vision that requires each one of us to join in. And we must stand on our words and actions, too. Jesus' mandate was for all of his disciples, and the mandate he has for us today is for each one of us here at First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. In the months ahead, as this vision really does become a reality, and it's going to take a while for this to unfold, I encourage each one of you to look deep inside of yourself and find a way Find a place that you can live out this calling as part of the caring ministry team. Now remember, there's no requirements needed to join in this plan. No special gifts or talents, no special intellect, and no excuses. You only need to have the capacity to love 
And already we have this. For in Christ there is only love. Let us serve one another in love. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.